Once again, today we celebrate the solemnity of our Lord Jesus Christ, the King. This is always celebrated at the end of the liturgical year. Next week we'll begin uh, the season, beginning of the year of the Advent. What a beautiful way to end the liturgical year, reminding ourselves that Jesus truly is our King. However, we know so often we as Catholics, as Christians, as a world, can treat other things or other people as kings. Use a silly example here. Talk about the Vikings, right? Now one time uh, a high school kid said, Father, you always think the Vikings are going to lose. And I said, no, no, not anymore. They're going to win until maybe they get to the Super Bowl. Then I think they're going to lose. But this is an example here of how wrapped up can we become in, in whatever it is, not just, not just football, but we can get wrapped up in, in the king of, of money or, or academics or whatever it may, may be, do we treat other thing as our king? Who do we think of? Who do we serve? And so often, we're not serving Jesus Christ, our king. And yet, how does he serve us? Well, he serves us in a way that we truly want our king to serve us. He gives his life for us. We hear about this today, of course, in our, in our gospel. Of here is Jesus Christ, who can save himself. Not a problem, but he chooses not to. He freely gives himself. So that we may have what? We may have this eternal life. And so there he is, being what? We call it a servant leader. Perfect example of servant leadership. A king who sees his subjects not as people that are demanded to serve him, but an invitation to service. A king who sees his subjects, us, as friends. We hear him say, a true friend does what? Lays down his life for one's friend. And that is what he does for you and for me and for all Catholics and for all Christians and for all of humanity. He gives himself completely out of love as our king as our Savior, as our Redeemer, and as our Lord. And so today we remember who truly is called to be our King as Jesus Christ and to serve him with this love and this devotion and to let him be our King because he will take care of us, his children, when we let him do this. But we know that seems like every single year more and more people are rejecting Christ as their king. They're leaving the Catholic faith, leaving the Christian faith, they're leaving any faith at all. And this is a dark time it can feel like. And we know it to be, to be true. And yet in the darkness, Christ will prevail. The light in the midst of the darkness shining forth. And how beautiful this is. And what we are called to do is be witnesses 
of this light, that we know that only Jesus Christ is going to give us that fulfillment that we are longing for. And so as we celebrate Christ the King, we want to be this witness, witness in the midst of darkness. You know, about seven years ago, eight years ago, uh, the Archdiocese was going through some great darkness. And it's even painful even to think back to that, that time where we had such scandal coming forth and how we thought that we had been able to uh, come through the clergy sexual abuse only to realize that we were not actually being honest. And so it resulted in Archbishop Neinstead having to resign. It resulted in Bishop Ashe having to resign and the Vatican sending us an apostolic administrator. And they sent us the coadjutor of New York at the time, Archbishop Bernard Hebda. He was lined up to be the next archbishop in Newark, and it's a huge diocese, much bigger than actually St. Paul in Minneapolis. But they knew that we needed someone to come in and help us through this dark time. And so they sent Archbishop Hebda, when he came as apostolic administrator, right away he recommended to the Vatican, and he said, whoever the next archbishop is that comes here, I recommend that they do something called a synod, that they listen to the people of the archdiocese, the, par the parishioners, the laity, uh, the priest, the fallen away Catholics as well. And so we made this recommendation, and then something unique happened. Pope Francis says, well, how about you become the next archbishop of St. Paul in Minneapolis? And all of a sudden he was charged with saying, well, I made this recommendation for the next guy, but I guess that next guy is me. And so for the last five years, we've been going through a synod process. And I'm grateful for all the parishioners who have participated in the listening sessions, in the small group discussions, uh, in, our, in our planning session as a, as a parish uh, last spring. And we sent two representatives of our parish as well uh, to the synod, which happened over uh, Pentecost weekend. From that synod, Archbishop Hebda has actually put together a pastoral letter of helping us as an archdiocese to be witnesses of all the great things that Christ wants to give to us as our king. And so he's written this letter, and he's encouraging all of us to, to, to read it. Hopefully on your way in, you got, a, you got a handout. By the way, that's not the letter, because the letter's a little longer than that handout, uh, by the way. But on that handout, which I think we got, correct? Yes, Father, we got handouts? No, we did not. All right, on your way out, you will be getting handouts from uh, the ushers. There we go. All right, it's always improv here at St. John's. All right, but uh, there's a handout you can get on your way out, and on there is a little bit more information about the letter. But not only that, as you can tell, there's also a video from the archbishop. He wants us to watch a video to explain a little bit more about that pastoral letter. So at this time, we're going to attempt to show a video it's always a 50-50 chance if it's going to work or not. But here we go. There's a video from our church of Hebda explaining a little bit more about this pastoral letter.
With the short days, colder nights, and the loss of our brilliant fall colors, there's a starkness to November. In recent years, we've walked together through times of starkness, challenges in our archdiocese, changes in our culture, even a pandemic. But on this weekend of the Feast of Christ the King, I come before you to ask that you join me in hope. It's the hope that fills my heart as I reflect on your generous and insightful participation in our synod process. And now we to chart a course for our archdiocese. It's the hope that comes from recognizing that Jesus, as the beloved hymn for this day reminds us, is indeed victor, ruler, Lord, and redeemer. You will recall that Jesus said to his disciples in the ninth chapter of St. Matthew's Gospel, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. That is my prayer for our local church as well. I share our Lord's assessment that the harvest is indeed plentiful as evidenced by the many beacons of hope that you identified throughout the synod process. Many of you have already shared with me individually your desire to pass on the richness of our Catholic faith to your children and grandchildren, to introduce them to Jesus, or bring them back to the church, and a deep yearning to know our faith better and to learn how to share it with others. I have also seen the Eucharistic devotion of so many who recognize that the Eucharist is the source and summit of our Christian life and produces hearts burning with our Lord's love for the poor and marginalized. Our church is ripe for renewal, and now I ask you to join me as laborers for this bountiful harvest. Those efforts begin in the upper room. You will recall that there were three important events that happened in that sacred spot, events that continue to guide us in our journey of faith as we seek to renew this local church. It was there that Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. The master became the servant. As Jesus himself told the apostles, if he who is our master serves us, so must we go and serve others. Moreover, it was in the upper room that Jesus fed his disciples with his body and blood through the institution of the Eucharist. He continues to feed us at every Mass. And finally, the Church was born through the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Following Christ's death and resurrection, his closest followers were fearfully hiding in the upper room. Jesus appeared to them, set them afire with the Holy Spirit, and then sent them forth. We can experience a new Pentecost, join our Lord in attending to the needs of our sisters and brothers, and be truly changed by encountering Jesus, especially through the Eucharist. In short, we can go forth and make disciples of all the nations, in our neighborhoods, our homes, and even our own hearts. So that we can together advance that vision, I ask you to please read my pastoral letter entitled, You Will Be My Witnesses, Gathered and Sent from the Upper Room. You can find it at archspm.org slash synodletter. There's a lot to unpack there, so you may wish to read one section at a time, praying and reflecting after each. We'll have more opportunities to reflect upon the letter and the synod priorities I have identified in the coming months. We're also producing materials to facilitate group discussion so that you can more fruitfully discuss the letter with family and friends. In the coming year, moreover, your parish will bring forth ways to practically achieve the three priorities identified in the pastoral letter. I also invite you to read the year one synod plan in which I outline concrete steps to move forward in the next year and a half. 
I feel blessed, sisters and brothers, to have you as co-workers in the Lord's Vineyard in the midst of the rich harvest with which this local church has been blessed. As we come face to face with the magnitude of that harvest, let's remember the Lord's words, be not afraid. The Lord has reminded us in the course of these three years that he has been walking with us and guiding us with his spirit. We need not labor alone. It's by walking together in our labor and remembering our role as collaborators in the Lord's work that we are going to be able to reap the amazing harvest he has brought forth for us. Please join Bishop Williams and me in this important work. Thank you and God bless you. On your way out, I encourage you please to take that handout. We'll have more printed off, so make sure to take that hand on the way out. There's also on that handout a QR code. You're going to scan that if you're technologically advanced that way, and it brings you right uh, to, to the letter. But once again, the main intention is that we may be witnesses uh, of Christ the King and what a beautiful King we have that's willing to serve us and, and to give us the fulfillment that we are longing for. Please stand and let us pray.